Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuck right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, what I'm looking for in Falcons Bengals tonight, who I'm going to be watching, and a quick preview of the Hawks schedule. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Hitting Hard is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, follow us or check us out on the SiriusXM app and give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Preseason game number two happens tonight, 730 from Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the Atlanta Falcons against the Cincinnati Bungles. And look, uh, the starters are going to play. We know that. Arthur Smith has already said that these guys are going to play, and we're going to see everybody play, right? By and large, I mean, we're going to see, you know, the kind of this dress rehearsal game because once we get to the third preseason game, I don't think we're going to see any of the starters. I mean, we might see some of the same things with Ebicady and guys like that that are going to play in game number three, but by and large, we're not going to see any of the starters. So, what am I looking for tonight in the game? I'm looking for the same type of atmosphere that we saw last weekend down in Miami, getting after the quarterback, being able to stand, you know, establish the run with our offensive line, throwing the football around. Now, Logan Woodside had 23 pass attempts in that game. I'm looking for some of the same things that we saw in Miami in week one. I'm not worried about schematically or anything like that. Again, Arthur Smith is not going to show you anything. It's going to be a very dumbed down vanilla type of offense and defense as well. But again, the idea of winning one-on-ones, can our guys be better than their guys? Can our starters be better than the Bengal starters? Can our backups be better than the backups of the Bungles? I want to see the same types of things that we saw in Miami. And again, for everybody that says, well, you know, those guys were backups. Who cares? You know, it's, it's a culture. It's, it's the idea of a playing personality. As my friend Bo Bach would say, you know, again, we, we need to establish ourselves on the offensive and defensive lines of scrimmage. We need to establish ourselves with our quarterback. So I'm looking for a lot of the same things. Again, I'm going to be curious to see, can we create turnovers again? Tonight, obviously, the Falcons did a magnificent job of that in preseason game number one. They picked, you know, four. They had four total turnovers, picked off multiple passes. Can we do that tonight? Can we get after the quarterback tonight? Again, you know, the Bengals' offensive line has been kind of ridiculed over the last couple of years for all the greatness that Joe Burrow and this offense has had. You know, one of the bugaboos has been their ability to, you know, get the quarterback sacked and defenses have teed off on them. I want to see, can we create pressure? I don't care who's playing quarterback. You can tell me it's Joe Burrow. You can tell me it's Ken Anderson, Boomer Esiason, Jeff Blake. I don't really care who's playing quarterback. Can we get after the quarterback with our guys up front? And I'll be curious to see just, you know, again, our linebacking core is something else that I'm going to be watching because we haven't talked a whole lot about, I mean, again, bits and pieces just of, what we're looking at at linebacker now that Michael Walker is no longer here, you know, can, can we 
can we get Caden Ellis and Lorenzo Carter or Troy Anderson or whatever, you know, even if Calais Campbell, I don't know. I mean, Bud Dupree, just kind of getting an idea of what our linebacking core is going to look like. And, and obviously, like I said, with, with Logan Woodside throwing it 23 times, can Desmond Ritter throw the football? Can Taylor Heineke throw the football? I want to see us throw the football. I know we can run. I, I know we can line up behind our offensive line and pound the football into the, into the heart of the defense. I know we can do that. I know we can run behind McGarry and Lindstrom all day long, all day, every day, whatever running back has got a name on the back of his jersey. I don't care if it's Eric Pegram. I don't care if it's William Andrews. I know we can run behind those guys. So I want to see us throw the football. I want to see, and I'm hoping that they take a couple of shots downfield. Like, for instance, I want to see a go route with somebody and, and just hum it downfield. I don't care if it gets picked or not. I just want to see our ability to throw the football and stretch the field. The NFL is all about being able to stand in the pocket and push the football downfield. That's what you do. You know, there are gimmicks and things like that. You know, when we, you know, again, we see some of these things, but the main job of the NFL offensively is to stand in that pocket and push the football downfield. And I want to see us be able to do that. I want to see us get into a mode of just, hey, we're not afraid to kind of chuck it downfield or whatever. And again, I know we're not going to see schemes and, you know, situational football. I mean, we're not going to see any kind of, craziness you know with our offense but send somebody on a on a pattern just throw it downfield let's see what we can do with our quarterback both of our quarterbacks not just Desmond Ritter but Taylor Heineke as well and then also too again just the idea of being able to create consistent pressure on the quarterback I just I want to see our guys up front on the defensive line again I don't care what the name is on the back of the jersey you know, if it's if it's Grady Jarrett or Onyemata or Chuck Smith or, you know, Lester Archambeau or Pierce Holt or whoever, I don't care what the name is on the back of the jersey. That's the big thing is I don't care about the name. I care about our playing personality. I care about what we look like. Can we win with our guys? Are our guys better than your guys? Is our first team better than your first team? Is our second team better than your second team? Is our third team better than your uh, third team? Is our scout scout team practice squad, are those guys better than your practice squad? That's the mentality that I'm looking for. I'm looking for that kind of mentality. Because, again, if we're going to talk about playoffs and winning the division and all this kind of stuff, we've got to be better than everybody. We have to be better. We have to be better than the guy who lines up against us, whether that's one-on-one, -on -one, schematically, whatever. And we're not going to see scheme tonight. So if we're not going to get into scheme and, you know, play calling and all these different kinds of things, then I have to have it be one-on-one. -on -one. I have to have it be our guy beats your guy every day of the week. Our guy, our guy is better than your guy every day of the week. That's what I want to see tonight in this thing. That's what I'm looking for with this Falcons team. Again, if they repeat what they did last uh, last Friday night, I should say, in Miami, we'll be a, we'll we'll feel a heck of a lot better. Because again, we'll have seen starters play. We'll have seen more guys that are going to be impactful 
on this roster play. But at the end of the day, I want to see our mentality, our playing personality come through. Do we look like a winning football organization? We showed that last week, that we look like a winning organizational team. We look like a team that has improved and gotten better season over season. Now can we carry that forward with our starters? And I, I have no reason to doubt that we won't. Again, with the influence of the Arthur Smiths and the Ryan Nielsens and the Jerry Grays of the world, they're not just coaching our backups up. They're coaching all of our starters as well. You know, and, and I want to see on all levels of defense. I want to see throwing the football. I want to see offensive line play. I want to see all of these things in our playing personality. So I don't care what the name is on the back of the jersey. It's about what we do and are we better better with our guys than we, you know, than those guys are. Are we a, are we better one-on-one us versus them at the end of the day? All right, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel as we obviously are headed toward NFL football season. FanDuel's got you covered where they're giving you a chance to win all season long. So right now, you can go to FanDuel and pick a Super Bowl winner. So bet on a Super Bowl winner, and you get bonus bets every time that team wins in the regular season. So just pick a team to win the Super Bowl. Could be the Falcons, could be the Bungles, whoever you pick, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory that they have during the regular season. And you can use those bonus bets to bet on everything from spreads to player props to over-unders and everything in between. So head to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and start earning your bonus bets now with America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Get in today, pick your Super Bowl winner, and start earning bonus bets every time that team wins in the regular season. So who am I going to be watching tonight, okay? First, number one, without a doubt, and it's not the quarterback. It's Matthew Bergeron because, again, he's listed as number one on the depth chart now. And now that we've seen Matt Hennessy go down, and I know they've signed some vagabonds that, you know, again, this Reed guy or whatever. I mean, they've, they've signed some, you know, scafozos or whatever like that to, to fill in and plug in. But can Matthew Bergeron handle this job? Can, can, he, can he look like a guy that belongs in the NFL and push people around? Again, I want to see him win his one-on-ones. I don't want him getting blown up. I want to see him win his one-on-ones. And I keep talking about this, and you you keep kind of dismissing the idea that, look, this is a guy that is playing his first game in a new position. And now there's pressure on him that he's looking like the de facto starter because of injury. This happened two seasons ago with a guy that was drafted in the third round. Again, second and third round, those are guys that are supposed to be impactful players for you. And Mayfield could not handle the job. He was he was a disaster. Let's put it kindly. He was the worst interior offensive lineman in the NFL. Do I think Bergeron's going to be that? No, I don't think he's going to be that. But I can't have him be a bottom third player when I have a guy that is inexperienced standing right next to him in his right-hand side. So Bergeron, I'm, I'm, I'm like this. I'm laser-focused on what Matthew Bergeron looks like. I want to see Desmond Ritter throw the football. I know he can turn and hand off. I know he can run the offense. I know he's a good enough player to kind of navigate his way through things. I want to see him throw the football. You have, again, 
we were not bad at throwing the football. We were incompetent throwing the football last year. Incompetent. We'd look like we just discovered what the forward pass was last year at times with Marcus Mariota. I want to see does Ritter look more comfortable, look more confident in the pocket. I don't care if it's a preseason game. This is a very good franchise that we're going to be playing against. This will be one of the teams that will be picked to be a real Super Bowl contender, a legit Super Bowl contender in the AFC. They have one of the best two or three quarterbacks in the NFL. They have some of the best wide receivers in the NFL. They've got a guy, oh, yeah, they have their fire breather that comes off the edge. Remember that guy, Hendrickson? You know, he only led their, he only set the franchise record for sacks two years ago. He's that fire breather. He's a tremendous player. Do we have our poise? Do we have our guys? I want to see him throw the football. I know he can turn and hand off to Bijan and Algier and Cordero Patterson. I want to see him with the football in his hand, throwing it around. Another guy I want to see is really some of our guys in the secondary. What is Jesse Bates, AJ Terrell, um, you know, Mike Hughes, whoever, Trey Flowers. I want to see what these guys look like. I want to see if that Jerry Gray influence is there. We saw the Jerry Gray influence in week one, that they were an aggressive secondary, batting balls down when the ball was thrown deep. Again, um, it, you know, deep in the red zone, I should say, multiple interceptions. We saw that aggressive play out of our secondary. Can these guys, which I think is, uh, they have a lot of personnel, even without Jeff Okuda right now, they still have a lot of personnel with the Hughes and the Grants and the Hawkins and the, and the Bates and Terrell and everybody. Like, there's a lot of talent in that secondary. Do they have the same playing personality that our backup guys had last week? And I'm going to be interested to see what DeMarco Hellams looks like. Look, he was the standout player of the game last week against Miami. He was the standout guy, right? He was the guy that kind of surprised us for how good he played. Can he replicate that? And I want to see Arnold Ebicati. Can he replicate, build off of the success that he had last week and translate that into a team against the Bungles that will have some of their first string players in and, and certainly their offensive line. We just talked about you know, their offensive line has been ridiculed over the last couple of years. Can he get himself established? Can he look like a guy that's ready to win one-on-one -on -one against the best of the NFL? Him I want to see. And I'm going to be very interested to just see what Caden Ellis looks like. Because I'll be honest with you, I, I have not watched Caden Ellis at all. Uh, again, I did not particularly pay attention to him with the New Orleans Saints. But he had a very good year last year, okay? His first three years, he did nothing. Was mostly a special teams player. And, and really only kind of got in because of injury. And he's a guy that took advantage of the fact that he became a starter because through injury, and he really you know played well last year. Can he replicate that? You know, is he the guy who, you know, was playing for this, the New Orleans Saints last season? Or is he the guy that's more a rotational guy that looked like his first three years? Because I want to be curious to see what he looks like. And this will be my first, you know, obviously, you know, real good looks at Johnny Smith and some of these guys. Obviously, B. John Robinson, there is a morbid curiosity to what B. Look, you're not going to see much of B. John Robinson. I, I'll be more interested to see where he plays in the game tonight. Like, where do they line him up? We know it's positionless football. 
We know we're not, you know, putting guys at running back and all this, that, and the other. We, we know that guys are, you know, going to be, um, you know, we know that guys are going to not, not play that position football. But again, we want to see those kinds of things coming up. We know that we're not playing position football and all these other kinds of things, but I want to see where the Bijan Robinsons of the world line up. I want to see where these guys end up standing. Is it in the backfield? Is it split out wide? Is it in the slot? Whatever. So that's what I'm more interested in is not whether we can run the football behind our offensive line. I'm curious as to where guys are standing. When we put 11 guys on offense, where do guys stand? Is, is B. John Robinson going to play left guard? Like, that's what I want to see. I just want to see where guys stand in this offense. And we probably won't even see a lot of that tonight. I mean, in all honesty, they will probably just mostly use Bijan Robinson as a running back just to get him acclimated to the NFL, just to get him running plays. They won't probably do anything kind of intricate or, you know, fancy or anything like that tonight, but they'll probably just line him up at running back and give him some carries and then he'll be off the field. But uh, certainly Matthew Bergeron, certainly, you know, Desmond Ritter, you know, Caden Ellis, Arnold Ebicady, you know, those are guys that I'm going to be focused on tonight when they line up. And I don't know how much the starters are going to play. I really haven't gotten a sense for how long guys are going to be in. Part of Ebicady's reason was the fact that they don't have a whole lot of depth at that outside linebacker position to play a whole bunch of guys right now. So that's part of why he played and just kind of getting him established, you know, in there. So again, maybe he plays a little bit longer. I'll be fine with that. The more experience and the more reps that he gets, the better these things are. So again, it's going to be exciting to watch. We're going to have our first teamers on the field at home. First time seeing a lot of these guys in Mercedes-Benz Stadium or at least seeing them for this year. And this is going to be the group that we're going to roll with and enjoy them now because, again, I do think that we're not going to see anybody come week three of the preseason when they play next Thursday. And that's the other thing, too, is I think that's a Thursday game short turnaround, you know, I mean, it's it's probably going to be a situation where they're going to really evaluate hard the back end of their roster and try to figure out who sticks and who goes at the end of the day. Because, again, they got to do that big dump of all the players now in the NFL. It's not a staged cut down. It's a big dump of everybody that gets out in the open marketplace. All right, as you're listening to Hitting Hard, make sure you go on to whatever podcast platform that you're listening on and let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. So we call them our everydayers, and we thank you so much for being a part of our community and let us know that you're an everydayer listening in five days a week to the program. Well, the Hawks announced their schedule for the regular season here yesterday. And, uh, you know, some interesting things, I mean, the Hawks will open at home on October 27th against the New York Knickerbockers. That'll be a 7.30 start. Um, you know, also interesting the fact that they play five of their first eight on the road. Um, they'll be in New Orleans, Oklahoma City, Orlando um, come the first part of November. A couple of the other things that stood out to me. I mean, obviously, we have this, and I'll, I'll say it, this stupid fakakta Michigas nutty play-in tournament. Like this thing is so stupid. And I and I mean that with all sincerity. This thing is so stupid. You know, it, it's the NBA season is such a schlog as it is. 
like I, I'm all in favor of if we could get to about 60, 66 games, like some people have proposed, and I know that's never going to happen. There's too much money involved for that, but it is such a slog to get through 82 games of the NBA season. And let me tell you, this playing tournament ain't going to excite people. It's not going to get people excited for what this play-in tournament's going to be, especially given the time that it's going to take place where it's going to be early part of December. It's going to be around my birthday when they start things off. Again, even in early December, we still got five months of the regular season left. Like, it never ends in the NBA. So, again, I just, I, I don't under, I mean, I know money, that's always the root of everything in sports is more money. But nobody's excited about this playing tournament. Nobody. Players aren't excited about it. The only guy that's excited about it is the commissioner because it'll make him more money at the end of the day. He'll look, he'll, he'll have better numbers on the books and everything like that for the increased TV or what have you. But nobody is excited about that. A couple of other things, too. Um, one is the Hawks are not playing on Christmas Day. They will play the day after Christmas uh, in uh, Chicago, December 26th, but they will not play on Christmas Day. So, again, no Christmas Day game for the Atlanta Hawks uh, this year. So um, I'm a little bit surprised at that, given how many games that there are on Christmas Day. But, you know, again, that's sort of the, you know, de facto regular, you know, the the kind of the, when the regular season really kind of gets started is on, is on Christmas Day. Um, when you get to the end of February, really the first, very first part of March, boy, the Hawks are going to be spending a lot of their games on the road in March. Start with March 2nd. They have two games on the road. They play home, then on the road on the 8th, home, and then five straight on the road when they go into their West Coast swing of things. So they'll play at Memphis on the 8th of March 8th, home with New Orleans on March 10th, and then at Portland, at Utah, at the Clippers, at the Lakers, and at Phoenix before they come back home for a nice little stretch starting on March 23rd. So that schedule in March is going to be tough because, again, you know, you're playing five games in a row on the road. And you're playing, what, 5, 8, 10, 10 of 12 on the road in the month of March to start things off with. Uh, and even coming into when we get into Thanksgiving, you know, the Hawks are going to be on the road a lot as well. Even before this playing bracket and cock the tournament um, ends up happening, the Hawks are going to be on the road from the 25th through December 2nd at Washington, at Boston, at Cleveland, at San Antonio, at Milwaukee. So it does feel like that there, you know, is some stretches where these, the Hawks are going to really get challenged on their schedule. Like there's not going to be some easy stretches when you're playing that many games on the road. And then you follow up five games on the road with, you know, the actual knockout rounds of the, you know, NBA Fakakta tournament and all was different than obviously we saw this pattern where they had a lot of their games at home to end the year, but they're going to have four out of six on the road to end things. 
So again, not necessarily an easy schedule when you look at this, you know, long road trips, long time away. Um, again, ending the season, mostly on the road, uh, five of the first eight are on the road. You know, they'll get their stretches at home. Obviously it'll all balance itself out, but again, at key times, you know, end of the year, beginning of the year, when you're trying to get adjusted to things or you're fighting for playoff spots, you know, you're going to find yourself on the road at the very end of the year. And then this stupid tournament that is going to happen, that's plugged right in the middle of early December, this stupid thing that they've got in here to drive ratings. Again, nobody cares about the playing in tournament. You, you still have a schlog of 9,000 games left after this tournament, but the schedule makers in, in, large part just for the timing of things didn't make it real easy for the Atlanta Hawks. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hit and Hard your first listen. Be sure to go into whatever podcast platform that you listen on and let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. So we call them our everydayers. We thank you so much for listening in five days a week to the show. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Get the latest episodes of Hit and Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the SiriusXM app. And give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. We'll recap what happened to the Falcons on Monday. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. 